It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. That should not have happened, but never say never when you're dealing with this young and exciting Cincinnati Reds team. You are locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on Reds. Thanks for making locked on Reds your first listen of the day we are part of the lockdown podcast network your team every day we are free and available on all podcasting platforms i'm your host steven offenbaker i'm alongside my co-host there jeff carr and we are diehard baseball fans we have a passion for the cincinnati reds and we have taken our love of the game our passion for baseball and we have turned that passion into information for you we want to thank those of you who listen every day. If you are an everydayer, let us know in the comment section. Tell us how long you've been a Reds fan, and thank you for being here, by the way. On today's podcast, we are going to unpack the Reds' second come-from-behind victory in as many days. We're going to talk about the suddenly hot Nick Senzel and give credit to the bullpen for once again bailing out the starting pitcher. Yes, you heard me right. Credit to the bullpen. Uh, Jeff, I think that's going to be a place to start is the eighth inning specifically of the game last night. You were there. The Reds were dominated. They were going to lose. And then the eighth inning happened. Yeah, I want to know. Jump in the comment section here on YouTube or hit us up on Twitter and let us know. Did you see this? Did you get a chance to watch it or, or listen to it on the radio? Because I'm guessing there were some folks that went to bed. The, the way that the Reds played in the first seven innings warranted anyone going to bed early. Warranted anyone turning the channel. But if you stuck around, you saw some beautiful stuff. In fact, it's kind of funny. And, and my dad actually told me to tell this story because I got the chance to go to the game with my dad last night and after the seventh inning stretch you know you're singing the song and you say buy me some peanuts and cracker jacks and randomly i said you know i've never had a cracker jack at a ball game and my dad's like yeah i don't think i have either and so he's like hang on i'll be right back and i'm like is he going to look for cracker jacks and all right whatever dad you go look for cracker jacks that's fine so meanwhile the reds are you know they're they're hitting in the bottom of the seventh there's not really a whole lot going on they do get that one run back 
And he comes back and he's like, did you know they don't sell Cracker Jacks at Great American Ballpark anymore? What? So not only can you not get a Cracker Jack at the ballpark, but anyway, he brings a crunch and munch and the Reds go off in the eighth inning. But the reason he wanted to tell me that wanted me to tell that story is because even he at the seventh inning stretch was just like, all right, whatever, like this game's over. Let, let's let, move along. We'll get to tomorrow. This is one loss. Sure. Six, nothing kind of a, you know, kind of, at that point he was six to nothing before the bottom of the seventh inning. And he's like, all right, whatever we're done. That's fine. We'll move along, whatever. And then they come back. And just the way that they were able to grind and build and get those runs back. I mean, you can hear it in my voice. I was excited then, and I'm no less excited now. Well, listen, Jeff, the first seven innings of that game, the Reds were pretty much outperformed in all uh, facets of the game. Yeah. They were out hit through the first seven. Uh, any base runners that got on base really didn't feel like they mattered. I, no. You know, it was, when guys would get on, it didn't feel like it was the start of a rally. The Rangers seemed to be in control of this game. And then we get to that eighth inning, and David Bell does some things. And he makes some pinch hits. Fraley comes up with an opportunity to play the hero once again, and David Bell pinch hits with Will Myers. Now, Friedel, you mean. Friedel oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Did I say Fraley? Yeah. Sorry, I meant Friedel. Friedel <laughs> comes at right. Friedel comes ahead in with a chance to be the hero again. Gets pinch hit for with Will Meyer. Now Will Meyer had been a scratch from this game with neck spasms. Uh, once that move was made, uh, Bruce Bochy goes to his bullpen and brings in a right-handed pitcher. David Bell lifts Will Meyer and goes to Jake Fraley. So there's two options here, Jeff. Either. The players performed in such a way that they saved David Bell from tipping his hand too early by going to the righty and Will Myers, or David Bell pulled a tremendous deke on Bruce Bochy and got exactly the matchup he wanted being able to go to Fraley. I'm going to tell you why David Bell should absolutely have taken a victory lap on this one because I think he totally meant to do it, but then in the postgame... You didn't really take that victory lap. Yeah, I mean, we we knew that that it, it could turn out like that, and uh, you know, we, we trust our guys. And certainly, Jake's been um, working hard, and uh, just trusted him in that situation. Um, and, and like I said, I mean, he you know, he's been struggling, and Ian Kennedy's a really good pitcher. He laid off some really tough pitches, and was able to just grind it out and, and get a big hit. Come on, man. Like, just just say it. Yeah, I got him. I got Bruce Bochy. <laughs> I totally won that that interchange. Like, I mean, the way that he played that. And and at the time, I was kind of bummed that he was pulling Friedel. I thought, hey, Friedel's got a chance here. He can hit left-handed pitching. That's fine. Why don't you just leave him in and see if he can be the hero? And then he puts in Will Myers, and I'm like, wait, I thought Will Myers wasn't even supposed to play in this game because his neck was hurting. And then... Bruce Bochy brings in the right-hander to face Will Myers. I think because Will Myers was never going to play in this game, David Bell absolutely deeped Bruce Bochy with this move. And then Jake Fraley, of all people, and this is the thing too, like I think, you know, matchup-wise, lefty on right, that's a lot of fun. Jake Fraley was in a crazy slump, three for 38 since April 12th. 
It's not as if he was putting in a sure thing. This was David Bell sit, sitting there at the poker tables in Las Vegas and saying, I think I can, I think I can bluff him out of this. I think I can get Bruce Bochy. And he did. And Jake Fraley came through big on this play, but this was all set up in a very strategic manner. And I believe that he meant to do it. Well, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and give him the credit. Uh, you know, if it had blown up, we definitely would have held him accountable for it. So I'm going to yeah. give David Bell the credit for this move. And given the fact that Myers was a scratch with the the neck spasms, I, I'm willing to give David Bell the benefit of the doubt that he really pulled one over on Bochi. And we're just we're just going to go with that. Here's what I like about Jake Fraley in that moment, Jeff. This could be one of those moments that really does serve as a slump buster. This could be exactly what Fraley needed to get himself going again. You know, it wasn't a huge, powerful hit. You know, he just kind of dinked it in there, but it got the job done. And, you know, my hope is that that allows him to just after the game be, you know, ah, that was nice, you know, and, and hopefully he can come to the ballpark for the next game uh, with his head clear. And I, I hope it has that impact on him. Yeah. And I think, too, like we, we talked about the whole walk off with TJ Friedel could be that kind of moment that gives the entire team just like, all right, we can do this. We can move forward. And the fact that once again, they're dominated for seven innings and they can come back with such a huge eighth inning and come back and win. That means that that shows to themselves that they're never out of a ball game. Like forget about us fans for a minute. It shows to the players that there's not a ball game that they will be in that I, I mean, you know, they might trail by more than six runs, mm -hmm. but when you come back down six zero heading into the bottom of the seventh and you win that ball game, there's nothing that, from that game that the Reds should take away that's negative. This should be all positive for this team. And and here's the thing, Jeff. They did it without hitting any home runs. This <laughs> this home run thing is becoming an interesting conversation because you know they didn't hit any home runs yesterday to come from behind. Right. And they didn't use the homer to come from behind today. It was all small ball style approach. In fact, uh, Jonathan India, who uh, I think you want to give a nickname to, had some interesting things to say about uh, the small ball. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, especially here, this is a home run park, you know. Um, yeah, not many of us are hitting homers. Um, it's just, you know, it is what it is right now. Um, we'll see in a month or two where we're at. But, uh, you know, we, we're a bunch of gr gritty guys that just want to get on base, hit doubles, hit the ball hard all over the park, and, uh, you know, play the game the right way, you know, and win the ball game. Multiple times in that interview, he said, you know, I told the guys this, or I came into the locker room and we talked about this, or this is what I said to everybody on the team. He's really acquitting himself as a leader, and I believe, since he's on the Reds, it should be a Red leader. You never cease to amaze me in your ability to try and incorporate Star Wars references into everything <laughs> that we do. I swear. Listen, Jeff, talking about these home runs, there have not been the Reds have not hit a home run in eight games. Yeah, Jeff, that is the longest streak since July 4th through July 11th in 1992. <laughs> the good news is both you and I were alive at that point. I was only three years old, but. I mean, that's a long time. We're talking about this is a long streak, uh, a long, a long stretch of years since the Reds have gone this long without hitting a home run, and especially in this day and age when everything's a home run. It feels like it just makes 
what the Reds have done these last two days and especially what they did in last night's eighth inning, all the more glorious in their second straight dramatic win. But you know what? I got a question, and I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to ask the listeners here coming up next because is Nick Senzel beginning to figure it out? We'll talk about that coming up next. Before we talk about that, I got a couple of sponsors I want to tell you about on today's podcast, starting with So Rare. So Rare is a revolutionary fantasy baseball experience. It puts you as really an owner of your fantasy experience, because what you get to do is you go to so rare.com slash locked on and you draft your team. You're able to pick a team of baseball cards that you then get to keep. You keep those cards forever. There's you, there's not a temporary amount of time. And then you have to pick a whole new team. You get to pick your cards and keep them forever. And, and it's kind of cool because they give you a certain amount of budgets for points and, and each player's worth so many points. So you can have a couple of superstars on your team and then you can have a couple of up and coming rookies that nobody knows about, you know, like Spencer Steer or something like that. Although his value is going up because he's playing super well. So when you check out so rare, when you build your team and when you compete for these epic rewards, which include things like, you know, jerseys, tickets to games and even VIP experiences with major league players, you start all of this for free and you get to have fun with your own fantasy team that you keep from game to game. Check it out today. It's so rare.com slash locked on. That's S O R A R E.com slash locked on to draft your team of free, free player cards. You can then set your lineup and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, so rare.com slash locked on to start playing today. Also, today's episode is brought to you in part by FanDuel Sportsbook. You know, grand slams, no hitters, double plays, eighth inning, six run comebacks, they're all back. And there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. The total, when you're looking at tonight's game, is an interesting thing. Whether you're going to take the over, whether you're going to take the under, I think you might know what I'm thinking about on this particular game. Over. Uh, but when you want to check that out, look at it on FanDuel, and you can use your no sweat first bet on that. Like I said, up to $1,000 you could get back. That is a risk free bet. So check it out today. FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up for the no sweat first bet. FanDuel is the official partner of Major League Baseball. You know, you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast on the SiriusXM app. Just download the SXM app and search Reds. Also, thanks as always for making Lockdown Reds your first listen every single day. Every dayers, tomorrow on the show, is Graham Ashcraft the best starting pitcher for the Reds in 2023? He's got another start coming up, and he's going to face that Rangers lineup that seems to at least have the Reds' number early on in the games. We're going to be talking about that here in a minute, though, because Nick Senzel had himself a day. And David Bell made the point that after the walk that he took, on Monday night to get that run in and get the Reds on the board the way that he did. 
that was going to be a jumping off point for Nixon Zell. And he delivered on Tuesday. Is Nixon Zell like, okay, it's too early. I'm not going to ask that. We'll wait for that. But that was kind of fun, right? It was definitely fun. And listen, I don't know if it had to do with the walk jump starting him or the fact that you called him boring yesterday. <laughs> uh, I think your exact words were that he hasn't done anything exciting and he's just uh, been on base four times in two days and played pivotal roles in both come from behind victories. So um, I think I Nick Senzel has a message for you that is not family friendly and I can't repeat it on the show. But uh, <laughs> you have, sir, have been put on notice to stop disparaging Nick Senzel because Nick Senzel has gone out and done a thing. Look, we have never been anti-Nick Senzel. Uh, 50% of Nick Senzel's problem has been put on him by the Reds in the way that they have managed him pretty much all along through his career. And I, I'll die on that hill. There are people that say that we're well past that and everything that's going on now is all Nick Senzel's fault. I don't see it that way. I still think the Reds bear some responsibility in the way that Senzel's career has progressed. Uh, the other half of that is Ben Senzel and his injuries and his inability to put together a 150-game season. And that has kept us from really being able to go all in on Senzel. But it looks like maybe he's going to get hot and figure it out and be able to play a little bit right now. You know, he got three hits uh, on a night where you're, you know, you had just texted me that, you know, here comes Nikki one bags. Right. And you're just <laughs> like, and that's all he did throughout the day today, just single after single after single. And, you know, it seems to me, that Nick Senzel is is finally starting to put it together. And, you know, he had a few things to say about his performance last night and where he is as far as coming along in the 2023 baseball season. You know, you, you want the results in this game. I think you, you get judged by the results in this game. Um, but it's, it's so important to, to, to focus on the process and the work that goes in every day. Um, and, you know, the work is always going to be there for me. And, and uh, you know, last night I was super happy with my, my last at bat. You know, it was a big at bat for, for, for the team and myself. And, and I, I, felt, I felt like I was going to get some momentum. I, I felt like I was going to gain some momentum from that. Um, you know, like DB said, I mean, uh, you know, sometimes it does take a walk. Uh, you know, it was a fun night, you know, a good night, me personally. And, you know, hope to, to enjoy some more of those. Does he seem like a player who's seen some things? Like he's a guy that he's just like, I've been there, I've done that. This is what I know I need to do. And honestly, he does kind of fit with the mantra of this team, something that Jonathan India said in the clip that we played earlier on in the show, and that is he's just there to get what he can get. It's not as if he's going to try and force the ball over the wall. He's not going to muscle over 25, 30, 35 home runs a season. He's going to take what the pitcher gives him, and he's going to try to be like a death by a thousand cuts kind of hitter. I just don't see there being a lot of power come from Nick Senzel, but he can be a guy at the bottom of the order that just keeps the lineup rolling, keeps the lineup turning over, and there's definitely some value in that. I think when his swing is dialed in, what we've seen from him is the occasional pop for home run power, but much more, you know, gap power, hitting the ball into the alleys and, and stretching singles in the doubles and doubles into triples. And if that's what he gives this team, uh, I will be happy with it. You know, the question that we keep asking, Jeff, is what value can Nick Senzel bring to the Cincinnati Reds? And all along, you know, many, many, many of the 
the the talking you know talking heads i guess that's me and you uh many 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 of the analysts talk about uh, for a long time now that senzel's most value could come from playing multiple positions being the super utility guy mm-hmm. and just you know not having necessarily a designated home where he starts 150 games but plays in 150 games some in the outfield some in the infield wherever the reds need him so for me i think finally the Reds have gotten there as well. You know, just last night we saw him in both center field and at third base. That's where his value comes from. A singles and doubles hitter that can play infield and outfield and get regular playing time at bats without necessarily starting every game in the same spot. That's the value he can bring to this team. I almost wonder, and, and this is a Nixon Zell appreciation moment. We are, we are happy with what he did on Tuesday night. There was some play that I saw from him in center field that made me wonder a little bit. Is he mentally past that position? Is he just like, you know what? They're not, go- they're not trying to play me here every day. So when I am playing here, I'm just not mentally into it. I don't know. I feel like there's part of him that probably prefers the infield over the outfield at this point, but there were just some plays that I just, I I saw Nixon Zell and I'm like, is that really where they want him to play for a whole lot longer? I just, I I feel like they're talking about him more as a super utility guy. And I think that that kind of goes along with the theme and it's something that I brought up yesterday and it's something that you, you were like, Oh, I I need to, I need to steer this, but we, we don't necessarily have enough time to steer it. Um, the Reds kind of messed around with him as they were calling him up through the system. They they were moving positions, and I I low key kind of thought that they were trying to play some contract games with him. Like we talked about, maybe we're worried with some of the other top prospects. They weren't low-key doing anything. It was very overt. They were manipulating his service time. They sent him down to Triple A to work on playing the outfield, and <laughs> he played like three games in the outfield, and then they called him, whatever it was. Um, you know, the Reds absolutely mess with Nixon Zell. They mess with him as far as a position to play in. They mess with him as far as service time goes. They mess with him all the way around. I think they shook his confidence. Yes, he got hurt. But, you know, they had him playing positions and doing things. If they had treated him the right way and called him up, well, would he have still gotten hurt? We don't know. But he got hurt in Louisville because they left him in Louisville when he didn't need to be there. Uh, You made this comment yesterday in regard to uh, are we afraid the Reds are going to continue to uh, do this same type of service time manipulation with guys that are down now and Matt McClain, Nelly De La Cruz and, you know, Noel V. Marte. All all these names we were talking about yesterday. Um, I see it differently. If the Reds leave CES, and Noel V. Marte down a little bit longer than we might necessarily think they need to as far as their ability goes. I think that's more about separating the contracts so that you don't have to trade everybody in the same year. This is how you build the sustainable churn that you and I have been saying is the right direction to go for this franchise. The only way that that's going to happen is to separate it out a little bit. They're doing it with things like the contract extension for Hunter Green and probably the extensions we'll see for India, Lodolo, and Ashcraft. Those talks are going on behind the scenes. We'll see them separate the contracts in that way. We're also going to see them separate the contracts by staggering when they bring guys up. I think that means we won't see CES this year unless it's right at the end of the season. 
so that they can still stagger things. Uh, it makes no sense to me to bring up Ellie De La Cruz, Matt McClain, and CES all this year, all right now, and then have to worry about if we can extend all three of those guys or are we going to have to trade all three of those guys in the same year. That's not a good outcome for anybody involved. So I think it's completely different. I think the Reds are 100% culpable in the treatment of Nick Senzel and the things that went wrong with his career. They and, and they'll never just step up and say that. But the Reds are guilty of a lot in that situation. It's a different deal with the prospects that are down there now. Uh, all that being said, though, I want Nick Senzel to continue to prove that he can be valuable at the major league level. Mm-hmm. And if he does what he's done in the last couple of days, playing multiple positions, getting multiple hits and helping to uh, bring along rallies, helping the Reds to score runs. That's a valuable dude to keep around and keep in the lineup no matter what position he's at. And maybe it stems from the point that David Bell made that that walk that he took on Monday night could be the jumping off point uh, for Nixon Zell to maybe break out in a different way. I'm not saying break out like we kind of thought he would, but break out into a role that's really going to fit this team moving forward. Well, listen, Jeff, the starting pitching, shockingly, uh, never saw this coming, continued to be a problem uh, on Tuesday night, and the Reds still found a way to win the game. Coming up, we're going to tell you if we should be worried about the recent starting pitcher performances. But before we get to that, I want to talk about one of the sponsors of today's podcast, and that is the Ultimate Baseball GM. Ultimate Baseball GM is one of the coolest games around. You know, I've always thought that I could be a great major league baseball general manager as it turns out it's not all that easy uh if you've had the same thought and have fantasized about managing your own franchise go and download ultimate baseball gm immediately the game allows you to manage every strategic aspect of a franchise playing through seasons and leading your franchise and fans to glory as you build a historic dynasty In the simulation, you're responsible for hiring the right coaches and staff, managing team finances, scouting and drafting players. Uh, You get to manage their personalities and injuries. You're going to navigate your franchise through free agency and all of the ups and downs of the season. All this in a challenging and realistic gaming world. Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free and playable offline. You don't need the internet once you've downloaded it. You can play on the go. You can play as you want and where you want to. Locked on Reds listeners are going to get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code locked on in the game store. So make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com. If you're watching us on YouTube right now, just scan that QR code right there in the corner, or you can look it up in the app store. That's probaseballgm.com. Ultimate Baseball GM, start your dynasty today. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and 
free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. You can catch every pitch of the Reds hometown broadcast with Sirius XM. Just download the SXM app onto your uh, device and search the word Reds to get the broadcast today. Uh, also, make sure you are following uh, us between shows. You can follow me on Twitter at S. Offenbaker with two Fs. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. That is Jeff with three Fs. And you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. All right, Jeff, I never thought we would get to this point, but the Reds bullpen has saved the day <laughs> again. Listen, Luke Weaver comes out and he was adequate. I can't think of another word to describe him through two times through the lineup. But when he reached that third time through the lineup, Jeff, the wheels came off. And before it was all said and done, you know, he managed to go five and two thirds innings, but in those five and two thirds innings, he allowed six runs on eight hits. And of those eight hits, Jeffrey, three of them were home runs. Enter the Reds bullpen. He was, it's so weird because you, you talk about Weaver and saying that he was adequate. It's the most confusing start I've ever seen. Dude had eight strikeouts in five and two-thirds innings pitch. Usually mm -hmm. you say that by saying he was dominant, but he certainly wasn't that. He was throwing a lot of pitches over the middle. They were getting clobbered, and the Rangers were scoring runs in bunches, so he had to be bailed out by the bullpen. And did they ever bail him out in a big, big way? And we're only talking about three guys here. I mean, the nice thing was that, yes, did he struggle? Sure. But he struggled for five and two-thirds innings and not – four or three and a third or three mm -hmm. and two thirds or something like that. It was able to be Derek law for an inning and a third, which by the way, the one inning that he threw there in that sixth inning or seventh inning was very pivotal because it was a one, two, three, get him out and get the lineup back on the field. Very quick inning for him. And then you had a beautiful, perfect inning, immaculate inning, well, not immaculate because it's not nine pitches, but three strikeouts. He struck out the side for Revar San Martin, who really up until this point, we've started to wonder a little bit about. So that was, was a great performance. And yeah, I was so game. glad. I was so glad to see that from Reaver San Martin. You know, yeah. I was starting to worry about him. You know, I have maintained that the Reds really do need two left-handed pitchers in this bullpen. Yep. And, you know, I thought that it were, there was a chance that San Martin was going to pitch himself out of this bullpen. You and I talked about this off air a couple times that, you know, he was teetering on the brink. We thought of possibly being sent down and I'm happy to see, see that it looks like he's starting to turn a corner because I still am convinced they need two left-handed pitchers in that bullpen. It looked like he was out. I saw like pregame workouts and stuff. It looked like he was out in the outfield really working on some stuff and trying to just do some drills. It wasn't really like he was throwing pitches or anything. It was drills up against, you know, a net and stuff like that. So I was happy to see that he was working hard. But then, you know, our dude, Alexis Diaz, he comes out in the ninth inning and it was absolutely beautiful. And yeah, you know, there was a base runner, but hey. The way that he was able to pitch and the way that he was able to lock down that third save of the season for him, I, I, I absolutely love what the Reds have in a game like that because think about it two years ago. Think about 2021 whenever the Reds were trying to be good and were trying to compete for a playoff spot. They would get these games where they get a lead in the ninth inning and then you're like, Who, who's pitching? 
who's coming out in the ninth inning? And, Keith and Embry. Keith Embry, yeah. <laughs> God help us. Um, yeah, like things like that. Like we got Alexis Diaz, and we know that's a dude that's coming out, and we can rely on him. You know, I was excited. You know, his last two outings, he looked a lot better. And I'm wondering if, you know, he didn't get a little rusty. Um, The Reds haven't really been able to put him in uh, the best situations for him to pitch. Uh, High leverage, high adrenaline moments. Uh, He hasn't had a lot of those. So it was nice to see him go out there. And yeah, he did give up the the one hit in his outing. But, you know, he struck out two dudes. He got his third save on the season. And he just really looked a lot more comfortable doing it uh, than he looked maybe a week ago. Yeah, it's and it's funny too, like thinking about how that inning shook out. He was facing the top of the order. He strikes out Marcus Simeon, makes him look foolish on a slider in the dirt. He, um, he gets um, uh, Nathaniel Lowe out. I believe that was a ground out. And then he strikes out Adolis Garcia. And the one guy who gets a hit is former Red Travis Jankowski. Like, that's just baseball there, right, for you. Because you figure that's the guy that you're going to make look silly if any of those four guys. So uh, just watching Alexis Diaz is a treat. I do love his entrance. I wish there were more people at the ballpark. And I feel like this is a topic that we're going to broach on probably here soon, not on today's podcast, about, you know, the the atmosphere at the ballpark but overall just the way that alexis diaz was able to shut this down just put a cap on how good the bullpen was and how important their performance was and hey you know i got some free pizza out of it so i was happy about that was the was the janikowski hit the little blooper over senzel into short left field was that no his was his was just up the middle right where there was nobody that could get to it okay all right. Yeah. I, I got them mixed up. But uh, listen, here's what I know, Jeff. The bullpen shut the Rangers down from the time they came into the game, setting the stage for another come from behind victory for our Red Legs. And I absolutely love it. Real quick, though, there's something that I don't love, and I got a bone to pick. All right. The Skyline Chili Nachos have a huge, massive defect to them. The chips that they put under those things are so freaking flimsy that after you eat like four nachos, everything else is soggy and you got to have a fork. I don't want to eat nachos with a fork. Like I'm just saying, whoever needs to hear this, you know, whoever at Skyline, whoever Great American Ballpark, get some firm chips up under those things. I just tell you, like, I'd rather just have Skyline dip and then dip the chips in them myself. I'm sorry. I just had to get that off my chest. I'm happy that the Reds won. I just had to talk about the skyline nachos because I was a little bit, I was a little bit unimpressed with them. I'm just, well, yeah. on that note, and before we get out of here, don't forget that you can catch every pitch of the Reds hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search for the word Reds and you're going to get that broadcast. That's going to do it for today's edition of the Locked on Reds podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. All right, everydayers, tomorrow we are going to be talking about Graham Ashcraft and Jeff is going to tell us whether or not Ashcraft is the Reds' best starting pitcher so far in 2023. Uh, Again, thanks for making us your first listen. Now for your second listen, go check out Locked on Fantasy Baseball. You can win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies if you're drafting a league mid-season uh, they're going to tell you all about the guys to pick up the guys to drop the guys to start and the guys to sit the locked on fantasy baseball podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts and on youtube they are part of the locked on podcast network your team 
every day. All right, Jeff, two back-to-back come from behind victories. We are excited. What can the listeners count on from us? They can continue to expect us to be locked in every single series. Whenever the Reds win a series like they just won the series against the Rangers, we're going to be on top of it. We're going to be on top of all the rumors, the transactions, everything going on at Great American Ballpark because we are locked on Reds every single day. I mean, Skyline's just trying to help you not eat so much nachos. Are they realigning ships to resources? Like, come on. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.